Welcome to Mince Levins from the Edge, a podcast geared towards helping entrepreneurs thrive by learning from the experience of leaders in the technology, biotech, and finance fields. On this podcast, Mince Levin partners who work with growing companies, raising capital, building great management teams, and achieving successful liquidity events will discuss with entrepreneurs, investors, and executives the key reasons that they were able to build successful companies and important lessons learned along the way. Mince Levin is a nationally leading law firm focused on helping emerging growth companies achieve success. Check us out at mintsedge.com. My name is Greg Chin. I am an emerging company lawyer in Mince's San Francisco office. With me is my partner, Jeremy Glazer, from our San Diego office. Jeremy serves as co-chair of the firm's venture capital and emerging companies practice. Jeremy and I and other partners from our group will be rotating as interviewers of guests on this podcast to keep it fresh and offer a variety of uh, perspectives from different industries. Today, we wanted to introduce the podcast and ourselves. Jeremy? Well, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Greg. Yeah, we're really excited to be doing this. Really, the whole purpose of what we're doing is to be able to provide insights from our clients to entrepreneurs and founders out there. Uh, We've been really fortunate as a firm to work with a lot of really interesting companies, and we thought it would be really, you know, just a great way to give back to the entrepreneurial community to have those clients share, you know, their stories, their successes, and also, you know, the hard lessons learned during the, you know, during the process. So, Jeremy, just a couple of questions for you. Perhaps you could give us a, a quick bio, and then. Tell the listeners two things. Why you chose to work as a lawyer representing emerging growth companies and the investors that fund them? And what was the most interesting client or deal that you worked on? And what lessons are there to learn for entrepreneurs from this experience? Uh, thanks, Greg. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think I always knew I was going to be a business lawyer. And I was always passionate about business and economics, even as a young kid. And in fact, I was an entrepreneur myself a couple of times. When I was in law school, I actually started a small business that I ran while I was in law school. Uh, I'll call it a a small computer business um, and actually sold that after I graduated. And I came straight to California after graduating from Harvard Law School because I wanted to work with entrepreneurs. I wanted to work with technology companies. And for me, it was just a real desire to work with people who are building the next great technologies you know, creating jobs, really driving our, our economy. That's what really excites me about what we get to do. And gosh, there's so many great examples. I've been really fortunate over my 30 plus years of practicing law to work with a lot of really good, interesting entrepreneurs and stories. But the one that I want to highlight today is actually one that I really am so proud of this entrepreneur for just the stick that he showed during the building of his company. And we're actually going to have this client. Uh, his name is David Taylor, and his company was a company called Cineform. We're going to have him on one of our podcasts. And I think he just has one of the most fascinating success stories that I've ever uh, been, been party to. And just real high level, and I'll let him give all the details when we do the uh, podcast with him. But what was so interesting is that he started this company after the dot-com crash, so when there was really very, very little money available – started it on a shoestring, bootstrapped the company, did get some funding from a venture capital fund, from some very large technology companies ultimately, but it was always very tight and ran the company on a very tight ship. And again, when we have him on this next uh, podcast, 
you'll hear all the stories about how close he came numerous times to going out of business. And that's a consistent theme I think you'll hear as we talk to lots of entrepreneurs. I'm always kind of amazed at how before people make it big, they get right close to the edge. And that's clearly what happened with this company. And, and the beauty of it is it's a wonderful success story, success story uh, Greg. He ended up selling the company to a, a very little unknown company at the time back in 2011. But you might have heard of that company. Uh, they're called GoPro. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> a big, great. it was a big success story, a very successful IPO. And this client of ours has just done done beautifully because of all of his hard work over many, many years. And again, I wrap up by saying it's the classic example of the overnight success that took uh, a decade. <laughs> yeah, we've seen lots of those, and we know uh, how much blood, sweat, and tears went into those overnight story, the over, overnight success stories. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself and why I wound up working in Silicon Valley. I am an immigrant from South Africa, and my father was a lawyer uh, in South Africa, and I, because of that family background, was inclined towards law from an early age. But I grew up outside of New York during the 1980s, reading about deals on Wall Street, and I planned to be a lawyer for a Wall Street firm one day. But that all changed when I spent three years in Japan after college two of which I spent working for a technology trading company which introduced Silicon Valley technology to the Japanese market. And working for that company, I had the opportunity to come to Silicon Valley starting in 1994 to experience life in the Bay Area and to really meet some exciting entrepreneurs. For example, I met with an executive from Netscape back when it was still called Mosaic, and I helped plan a visit by Jerry Yang to our offices when Yahoo had perhaps 50 employees. I, I like to think that that's when he was first meeting with Masayoshi Son about Yahoo Japan. I'm not sure. But in any event, I got to meet Jerry at that point. It seemed like these companies were really changing the world, changing old line industries and creating companies faster than anyone had thought possible and bringing people like Mark Andreessen, who was graduated from college the same year that I did, onto the world stage. I have to admit that I was very heavily influenced by Wired and the Red Herring and Upside and other media which emphasized the excitement of Silicon Valley. But I knew that I wanted to come back to the U.S. for law school, and I knew that I wanted to work as a lawyer in Silicon Valley, and uh, I did in 1999. A lot of what has sustained me has been seeing clients succeed against significant obstacles and having the opportunity to really be a part of their team to help their companies grow through financings and IPOs and M&A and to see them bring amazing products to market. And I've been lucky to have a number of clients become very successful. I've had one company that I incorporated uh, have an IPO, and they're perhaps the one that, you know, this question brings to mind first. I met Cliff Reed, John Kirsten, and Rod Dramanoff, a team trying to create a new genomic sequencing technology back in 2005. And their, the technology was so innovative that a lot of the venture capitalists that they met with didn't think that the technology was feasible, that it could work at all. And really, you know, for the first nine months of, the, of my relationship with this team from Complete Genomics, 
Um, all they had was a PowerPoint deck. But in February 2006, I got to work on – this was my, fav my favorite deal that I've ever worked on over a vacation. After watching Cliff and team struggle to get venture capital for the better part of a year, Cliff got a term sheet while I was on vacation, and I got to work with him on that. And the company got a Series A financing done. They subsequently did several rounds of financing and in 2010 went public. The financings weren't the real achievement. They were able to, at the time, have perhaps the leading genomic sequencing technology in the world and were on the front page of the New York Times. Unfortunately, um, it's an incredibly competitive market and Complete Genomics was acquired by a Chinese genomic sequencing company after some tough competition, uh, competition, but they managed to accomplish an incredible amount and to really push the frontiers of genomics and biotechnology. Being part of their team from the incorporation stage was a real, a real gift for me. So there are lots of other companies like that that I've had the opportunity to work with, but I, I have a special place in my heart to those guys. That's a, that's a, such a great story because it's such a good example, Greg, of the kinds of companies that you know you and I and all of us at Minslevin and the emerging companies and technology practices and biotech practices get to work with. Right? We're just so blessed that we get to work with folks who have new ideas, innovative technologies, and then grow these businesses and again create jobs and new technology and you know, life-saving therapies and just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And it, it's going to be really exciting to get to share all of these great stories with our listeners on this podcast. I'm excited about it. Me too. And what we're trying to do differently here is not to have a bunch of lawyers just talking about the law and regulations, but members of, of our group actually talking with clients about their, their stories and, you know, a focus on their experiences, not so much ours. In the upcoming weeks, Jeremy will be interviewing two sets of colleagues, which he can tell you about. Jeremy? Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I've got two fabulous entrepreneurs that will be on our next shows and a, a whole bunch of more interesting ones even behind that. But our, our first show is going to be with Patrick Henry. Patrick is a very successful entrepreneur who's worked with some very large companies, raised a lot of venture capital, took his company public, achieving a $1 billion market cap uh, for his company, Entropic. And he's now running a firm where he provides consulting services to early stage companies. And he's also written a book, which we'll talk about on that podcast as well. So really excited about having Patrick. And I think he's going to have a lot of really good information for our listeners and a lot of great lessons for people to incorporate into their businesses. We're also going to have uh, J.D. Davids. J.D. Davids is also a very successful serial entrepreneur who's run a number of companies, both as CEO and been CFO of some very successful venture-backed companies, and uh, participated in a lot of very successful M&A transactions as well. And I've been fortunate to work with J.D. for many years. And we've done some videos together, which people can find online if they want to uh, take a look at Min's Edge. They'll see a number of videos where uh, JD and I spoke about all these issues that relate to startups from fundraising to 
getting your company ready for sale. And JD is just a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really excited to have him share with us as well. Well, Greg, I'm excited we're going to be doing this. I, I think we're going to provide a lot of valuable information to our listeners, and we look forward to connecting with all of you again soon on From the Edge from Mintz 11. 